Welcome to There's a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. All right, I think we're going to have some fun with today's topic. It was not a question. I didn't get any really this week. I asked for some, and nobody really had too much on their mind, so... This is coming from my own head and working on my third book. It's all about working out and strength training. And I came across some stuff and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this on Friday. Before I get into that, let me thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow and they're absolute professionals. They got quite a team. And uh, that's pretty cool. If you need to sell your home or if you're looking for something else, please give them a shout. I will put their information in the show notes. All right. So let's talk a little bit about exercise or strength training frequency and exercise selection today. So as I'm going through writing the book, I, you know, there's different parts to every book and there's technical parts and then there's philosophical parts. And so this one part, I'm going through some of the acute program variables. And basically that means the sets, the reps, the loads and all that stuff. I like to outline and put out there and then explain them from there. And as I was drawing up the frequency and um, the exercise selection, I started thinking, you know, I don't think enough people understand how this works. And this is a good topic to talk a little bit more about because it gets over complicated. All right. So let's talk a little bit about that. I think you might find this very interesting. You know, or you're probably aware that when people go to the gym, there's different styles that people talk about. Um, you might see people that say, well, I go to the gym and I'm working chest today. I'm working back today. Or some people say, I don't really know what that means. I'm working my whole body. Or maybe you come to the gym and we're just telling you what to do because we're your trainers and you've been coming to us for a long time. And that's fine too. So you really haven't given this much thought. But there is... A method to the madness on this and all of it really works sometimes people can get really kind of caught up in the weeds and they're focusing on what the perfect workout plan is and, and all that kind of stuff and I don't mean to be a spoiler person for you but the bottom line is there is no perfect plan there's a lot of good plans there's a lot of right ways to work out. There's a few wrong ways to work out. That is if you're injuring yourself. But mostly if you're working out, you're doing the right thing. So don't get too caught up in the weeds on that. But just so you understand how split routines and doing different muscle groups and all that stuff work, let me try to explain it to you. It's not nearly as complicated as people make it out to be. All right? So... We know that as we want to increase our muscle mass, all right, so we might need some more volume. Volume is 
the amount of reps, the exercises, and the sets. That's volume. In other words, the amount of work. That's pretty quantifiable. Now, the intensity is the load. So that's a little bit different. You can have a lot of volume with low intensity and you can have a lot of volume with high intensity. So they're kind of two different things, all right? So we always want to try to increase our volume up to a certain point. Now, what ended up happening was in the very early days of lifting, it was, you know, probably a lot of common sense and there was probably also a lot of errors at the same time and people would just be doing different exercises without a lot of thought as to what they should be doing and how much and all that. But like everything through experience and science and education, things evolve and get a little bit better. Well, as people started learning how to work out appropriately and doing basic exercises, more exercise gets invented, right? I mean, that's just kind of like common sense. So for example, for a while there was nothing but free weights. Well, now comes the advent of machines. So now you have free weights and machines. All right, and I'm just using this as a very, very basic example. So now the person who was content working out a certain way now sees different exercises. They say, wow, I wanna do these exercises too. So then they add that to the routine and then this keeps going and going and you can see where like you simply would run out of hours in the day to work out nor do you really want to be spending that much time doing it anyway, right? So what ends up happening is then somebody says, well, then what if I just do these exercises on this day and these exercises on that day? You know, and because they had enough maybe knowledge to know that you can't do the same exercises two days in a row or it's not best to do that. All right. So that's sort of in a very, very um, basic way how split routines kind of get invented. And then, of course, human nature always tends to believe, unless it's, it's corrected, that more is better. And that's kind of how it starts too, all right? So let me first say more isn't always better. There's a huge gray area. I was talking to a physician client of mine about gray areas this morning. It, you know, it takes people that are experts and people who are professionals to be able to interpret that gray area really well because not everything in every comment and every theory is true, right? So more is better. Oh, more volume must be better. It's, well, not always. Not always for each individual and not always all the time. So there is a gray area. So as exercise science has progressed and we've evolved, we now know how to set the rules and we've made it pretty simple or the science has made it pretty clear. Again, there is gray area in that, but I'm going to kind of give you the, the, uh, the variables on this so you sort of get an idea how we think as professionals. Okay. First, let me state, research has shown over and over and over that there's not a benefit to doing a split routine over a full body or a full body workout 
over a split routine. And just in case you're not completely clear as to what that means, full body means you're working all of the 10 major muscle groups in a single exercise session. A split routine means that you are breaking up the muscle groups, keeping the frequency for those muscle groups the same, but working out more days per week. And there's a lot of split routines, a lot of different ways to do it. That's the, uh, what they are, okay? Research has shown that there is not a better way. Like you would think, oh, well, the more elite are doing splits. That's not true. Now, I'm not down on splits whatsoever. I like doing them a lot because I own a gym and I have all this beautiful equipment I can use whenever I want to and I really like to work out. So I will split things up quite often, not always. Like this month of January, I'm in a full body routine. Um, had a little bit of a cracked rib, so I'm like, you know, cutting down on the frequency of working out. And there's only so many movements I can do. So lo and behold, because I understand the science, I'm cutting back in the amount of movements I can do and doing more sets per the movements I can do. But that's really the best logic for this type of stuff. One way isn't better. I like both. For most clients, full body routines are going to work best financially. I mean, most can't afford, nor do they need to come in five days a week, six days a week to train. So we're going to work the muscle groups when they come. So really, it's not anything greater than that. It's not this, oh man, you know, I'm selling myself short because I'm only doing two to three full bodies a week. Not true at all. All right, so I got that out of the way. Neither is better. Both are good. Depends on what you like to do, depends on what you have access to, depends on what you can afford if you go to somebody. All right, that simple. All right, so we, the coaches, the professionals, the strength coaches, how do we then break it up for you? All right, so if it's a full body routine, then you're going to make sure all of the major muscle groups are worked. And the goal then is to do one exercise per major muscle group. It's really kind of that simple. All right. One per major muscle group. Why? You don't have time nor the um, energy levels to do like 30 exercises. So you can't do that. So it's going to be one per major muscle group. Now I'm just talking the exercise selection, not sets and reps and all that. All right. The next rule of thumb is if you're going to split your body in half, all right, in half, you're going to keep the same amount of sets and total volume, but now you're doing two exercises per muscle group. So instead of, say, like on a full body routine, doing something like squats on a half body routine, you're going to do, say, like squats and leg press or leg extension and leg curl. So on a full body routine and you're trying to get in all your major muscle groups, the chest exercise might be a chest press or a bench press or a dip exercise. Whereas if you're splitting it in half, now you're going to have two per muscle group. So it might be a chest press and a fly. Get it? really that simple. When you increase the days, you now increase the amount of exercises per muscle group, but you are cutting the body in half. So it all evens out. That's the key. When split routines were originally designed, well, number one, 
probably they were just randomly done and there wasn't much thought. But when they were when they were first thought about how do we do this somewhat scientifically years ago, um, it was obviously thought about, you know, let's not just add exercise upon exercise upon exercise. There was a method to the madness, okay? And now we know even more that we should really think about having the black and white, you know, one exercise for a full body, two for a half, that's the black and white, to set the rules and parameters first, just to give us an idea. And then naturally the true professional, as I said, go back, goes back and looks at the gray area and determines, yeah, we can do a third chest exercise or we're not gonna add a second back exercise, whatever. That's where the gray area comes in, but at least we have some rules and consistency. And as a person who loves writing workouts for people, I start with those templates and foundations. I start with that, I start with the rules. And then with the rules, I then determine as a professional, is this a black and white rule or is this a gray rule? And then I make the call because that's my job to do. All right, so then for those that like to split it up even more, you can break your body up into thirds. All right, a lot of different ways to do it, but it might look something like a chest and back day, a leg day or a lower body day, and then a shoulders and arms day. Those are the major muscle groups, okay? Or it could be something like a chest and a shoulder and a tri day because those are all muscles that work together basically synergistically pushing muscles. And then it could be like a back and shoulder day and then it could be a leg and bicep day. It doesn't matter, but splitting the body up into thirds and then what the person would do was they would, they would repeat that again through the week. So that entire week would be six days, right? So each third would get worked two times per week. That's a third split routine, basically. So what do you think, people? In that case, then you're simply adding a third exercise to each muscle group. So on the chest and back day, it might be three chest exercises and three back exercises. On the lower body day, it might be three quad exercises, three hamstring exercises. But we're keeping the total amount of exercises relatively the same. We're not just adding and adding and adding. We're subtracting by taking away muscle groups in that particular workout, but then we're adding in. Now, again, is this necessary? No, but it would be the way we do it if we wanted to do it that way, all right? And again, both are great. Now, some people take it out even further and they'll do one muscle group per day. They'll literally do like, Monday is chest day, as an example, and then they don't work their chest again until the following week. And you might think, well, yeah, then they add a fourth exercise. That is true, and sometimes they'll even add a fifth. But I caution against splitting that far out because what the studies have shown is we actually atrophy after 96 hours. That's four days, we atrophy. So you have to be real creative for that not to happen if you're only training one muscle group per day. Because last I checked, seven days is longer than four days. So if that is your routine, 
then by the time that next day comes around, Monday to Monday, you've already begun the atrophy process in your pec muscles. As an example, take any day, back being Tuesday, lower body being Wednesday, same thing. Seven days are transpiring before you actually hit the muscles again. So you're already two to, two to three days into atrophy by the time you work it. Great atrophy? No, but that means you're kind of always playing from behind. So, and that's been really popular with some bodybuilders through the circles. I wouldn't say that it's popular among um, strength coaches, real personal trainers, physiologists. No, it's, it, it is not in the literature anywhere, but it is popular in some of the um, different um, Instagram accounts and um, you know bodybuilding magazines where guys talk about their routines. Now, I think they're trying to do that not to be lazy, of course. I mean, no, no. These people are really working hard. They love the workout. And it's ignorance, you know, not stupidity, meaning they just really didn't know better. They're not physiologists. And to them, it makes a little bit of sense. So it's like, well, I really, really, really want to target a certain muscle group per day. Okay. I mean, that's great. I mean, I, I, I love the passion there. But again, if we know the science, it says, well, we probably shouldn't do that. And and why probably? Well, because there could be a possible way to make it work, but you'd have to get real creative and it wouldn't technically be a single muscle group per week. It would be like a, a major day of hitting that muscle group and then maybe a few days later doing a very little bit of it on another muscle group's day. That way there is some stimulation where the atrophy doesn't occur. But as you see, that gets so complicated that it's like, why bother? Possible. If you really love it, sit down and want to plan it out, make it work, make it happen. Yes. But in my opinion, that's a lot of like mental gymnastics just for that reason when you probably can really isolate the muscles just as well on a third day split where you don't have to worry about that because you're working within the parameters of the every 96 hours pretty well. Okay. So again, there is a method to the madness when we try to break things up and it all works very, very well. It really is individual on one hand, science on the other, and then you figure out what works absolutely best for you. All right. So full bodies, one major muscle group, half bodies, two, third, three. You might think, whoa, 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 you didn't bring up this, the low back and the abs and the calves. Well, us in the industry always call those accessory muscle groups because they really get worked doing everything else. I know people love hitting their abs. They feel like they're making it smaller. There is no such thing as spot reduction, so they aren't making it smaller. Now, I'm not saying don't do abs. Of course, do abs. Do abs to train them, to strengthen them. But because they're accessory muscle groups, they get worked during the major parts of the workout. And they can also be worked in a set or two, whatever, in every workout because they are different in their musculature. So especially the abdominals are more slow twitch. They can essentially be worked every day. The thing is they don't have to be worked very hard, all right? Or very long, I should say. So the point being is they can kind of be thrown in on any of these days. And anytime you're walking, anytime you're doing squats, anytime you're doing leg presses, you're really working your calves. I like 
to work the calves in specifically personally, but I do some physique competitions, so it's a little bit more important. Plus, they're great for circulation, but I also know it's really not necessary. It's an added bonus for me. Not necessary. Calves are very, very genetic with that. We're not going to have great calves just because we're diligent about our calf work. And then the low back also gets worked on almost everything, but I do make it a place to make sure it gets into my main routine and my client's main routine because we've seen way too many people injure their backs through the years because they're not strengthening their backs. So I do make that an important and structured exercise in the plan, all right? But typically in any of these um, you know, exercise science protocols that we use, the just so you know, the lower back, the abs, and the calves are considered accessory and not major muscle groups. Accessory does not mean not important. It simply means that they come along with things and we have to just recognize that and understand that, all right? Hope this helps. I think it's uh, pretty cool. I love talking about this kind of stuff. And I, now I want to thank our second sponsor, chiropractic physician, Dr. Doris Antos of Ormond Beach, Florida. She's on Granada, and she is going to be a guest of ours in a week or so. As soon as she gets her schedule figured out, it's going to be great to interview her. I like doing interviews. She is a wellness chiropractor, meaning she is there to make you well, and she's really phenomenal. A lot of our clients go to her and her associates, and I will put all of her contact information in the show notes. Until next time, be max fit and be max well.